Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s giving the respect to one of the games that we love, headlines of pop culture, in the meaning mind at all. I'm host Wendell Burns, the my kind of Barcelona by Morris. How's it going, man? Another day, another dollar, man. How's everything? It's going good, man. Play, playoffs heating up. Playoffs heating up, bro. Literally. <laughs> Literally heating up. Pun <laughs> <But> intended. <laughs> but uh, we, we have a lot of topics to, to, to get into um, to today, as usual. Obviously, um, NBA playoff second round thoughts. Um, out some album reviews in the second half. We're going to do a, re- a re- review of White Men Can Jump. But start off with just Steph's magnificent Game 7 performance and the Warriors advancing past the Kings. Um, Golden State won 120 to 100. And Steph had a playoff career high at 50. Um, Kavon Looney also grabbed 21 rebounds uh, for a Warriors team that needed to win twice in a row facing a hostile crowd. Um, but, but what are your thoughts on this performance? Because this is one where, um, you know, I, I think many thought this, this would be a close Game 7, especially with how well the, the Sac- Sacramento was playing. They picked up a, a, a really impressive road win at, at Chase Center. But Steph just does it again. He, a, every time you need him the most, he's going to deliver. He's going to step up. And he put together one of his best um, – best performances ever in a must-win situation. Yeah, Steph Curry played phenomenal. And I want to just highlight his his endurance. And I think De'Aaron Fox uh, finally realized that what they were talking about when they played the Cavs, uh, uh, I forgot his, I forgot the player's name, but he, he had to cover uh, Steph Curry the entire series. And he was like literally dead to the world ice baths like his <laughs> tempo is crazy that he can switch it on and off and we talked about different uh speeds like you know we have russell westbrook speed he doesn't know when to change it or when to slow it down you got kd's type of you know pace i would yeah. say and you got lucas pace pace is super slow played and but with steph he knows how to switch it on off he can go fast he can go slow he's very smart he knows they're going to get tired eventually. He's going to get to those spots and start knocking it down. And exactly what he did in game six. What a phenomenal performance. And we've seen this so many times now. It's just, it's just getting old at this point. We see him go crazy after year after year, even when their, their, their schedule or their, their, the ranking is not as high as it was this year. And they're coming in, but Steph Curry has been so consistent over the years. And now I will say he's definitely top 10 of basketball yeah. player of all time. He's definitely got to be tight. He's changed the game. That 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 different type of five small ball. You didn't really hear small ball until Steph kind of honed that and started shooting deep threes. And just now we're going small ball to keep up with these these lighter guys. But his performance alone, 50 points. I think he had, you know, a couple, I think six or seven assists. He just had a, a performance that is unheard of consistently. And I yeah. think he's definitely one of the greats now, man. You can't you can't deny he's one of the greats. Yeah, and and that this type of performance just lends itself to that conversation because everybody was having that like historical um kind of kind of debate when it comes to Steph. Um another another historical debate is the greatest point guard ever debate. Because Magic, he's had that title for so long, but that's a yeah. tough that's a tough like title to eclipse. Like <clears throat> to you, what do you like, do you think what do you kind of have to see from Steph going forward? Because obviously he's won four titles. He can win yeah. a couple more. But like, yeah. what do you think Steph would have to do to kind of for like maybe to to, to um, change the the public's uh, kind of like opinion on who is the greatest point guard ever? Bro, you you can't change the old heads. You, yeah, the you old look heads, at, I'm not, I know the old heads can't. The old heads are not yeah, going to change. <laughs> that's basically what it is. To be completely honest with you, you look at what he's able to accomplish. Being that, and you, they always say Magic was six this and that. He was at point guard. He was doing this Lake Show. He was doing different. Yeah, he changed the out, you know the out, outlook of the game. But Steph Curry's impact, I think, is has more. And I hate to use that and say it's more impactful. Then Magic Johnson, just look at the, the 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 game. Steph did all of this. Steph Clay, yeah. the, the the dream, all these guys did this. And now you have big shooting threes. You got small ball. You got stretching the offense. You got all these different things that changed the outlook of this era of basketball. Right. And man, Steph Curry's won four four championships. He got I think two MVPs. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, back the next MVPs back to back. I mean, he's a great teammate. No off. You know, yeah, all you don't hear anything problems, nothing's clean. Model Citizen, you know, we back in the day, you you already know what Magic had, you know, telling him 
Uh, a lot of guys they want to play with him. He had this, uh, he did this da, 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 da. that was the times, it was the 70s, whatever. Yeah, but I think Steph is definitely the all time great point guard. Magic is definitely number two or number three, but I think Steph Curry, and especially if he wins five, I think Steph Curry is is definitely has has moved past, yeah, Magic. just given the type of and you look at the the team they had they mm. shout out to mark jackson first and foremost they built that team yeah, a bunch of guys nobodies yes yeah. nobodies but you look at and i think a lot of guys said this about the lakers bro y'all had everybody y'all were stacked stacked <laughs> we just when we when they got to the fruition we gave them their their flowers or how good the warriors were but they built that from the ground up and I think that I think I respect that more of you bringing a bunch of guys who could be the star player of any basketball team. Magic went to the finals his first year. Yeah. <laughs> like he literally walked into a dominance. You had like, Kareem. You literally had Kareem, <laughs> and he was the best player for years. He was the best. He walked into that. Yeah, he just walked into that. Steph, Clay, Draymond. Uh, Equal Dollar was was a veteran at that point, and you go get shot. It's just it's a bunch of things that they build. So I think Steph is definitely the best point guard that ever played basketball, and it shows. And he's still doing it on a high level with his knee injuries, with them, you know. And they just won a championship coming back. So it's just, bro, they had to overcome way more than I feel like uh, Magic and the Lakers had to do. Especially, and then I think Steph has done way more for the game. Obviously, you got a big man playing point guard, dishing it out, being a facilitator. But right. Steph is facilitator. He's a pure shooter. He's a finisher at the rim. His percentage at the free throw line is higher than Magic's. Like if we're going through the, the the catalog and the the, the statistics. Steph Curry is the better player. Oh yeah, I, I definitely, so. I definitely think that's the case. Um, and, and before we move on to the Warriors-Lakers preview, looking at Sacramento and also Memphis, two young teams that obviously have a lot of potential going forward. Sacramento, they 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 really came out of nowhere this season with what Mike Brown did for them and, and kind of accelerated yeah. what they can do. And De'Aaron Fox, he showed us all in this series that the type of player he's going to be for years to come. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And even Malik Monk um, had, had extremely high-potent games. But looking at both teams, between Sacramento and Memphis that didn't advance past the first round, uh, which like future of of either team like would you rather have and are kind of more opti- optimistic about? That's a that's a tough question because you look at what Memphis is about to do. They're about to just declutter their entire yeah. uh, roster. You, you we already seen the the, the headline Dylan that they're Brooks. not going Brooks Dylan Brooks is not going to come back. I'm pretty sure. Bane is they're gonna they're gonna ship Bane out eventually. They probably try to trade him to get some other uh some pieces. And then obviously you got the draft uh a uh, uh, draft of next year. So they I think they're gonna be moving a lot of pieces. And then you look at the Kings, I think they're gonna ask some venture guys. It, it's a hard question because we didn't foresee none of this coming, especially for in the in, for the aspect of the Grizzlies being out first round of playoffs because they were playing so good. They were playing well, young team playing with each other. Then you got the Kings that just came out of nowhere and started playing because Fox has, we've been looking at Fox for years to to come and be that guy. We've just seen a glimpse of what he can do. So now can he, can he do that next year? Now that the spotlight is back on him and back on Monk because these guys coming out of Kentucky, highly, Holly saw it after drafting out of Kentucky, but can they sustain that? It's a hard question because now we got Memphis about to just declutter and then Kings, they're going to have to figure out some other pieces to sustain what they did this year. So it's, yeah. it's a hard question because mm, I don't know. Yeah, that is tough. It's up in the air. It's up in the air for both organizations. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, and now looking ahead to, to the Warriors-Lakers series um, uh, starting tonight um, at, at Golden State. Obviously, with both of these teams, it's it's very different because Golden State they're 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 the defending champs. The mm-hmm. Lakers they had a, a slow start to the season, but then the second half they really turned it around. AD is is playing phenomenal defense lately. Austin Reeves is clicking. So many pieces are coming together for them, and obviously the history between LeBron and the Warriors it, yeah. it goes back. So it's, it's it's bring that rivalry back in a different sense in the West. I think it's going to be very fascinating. Obviously, all eyes are going to be on this series, but to you, what stands out the most to you about this series? And also like what's maybe like one key X factor to you? 
These guys are old now, man. Yeah. This is an old it's an old rivalry now. LeBron is at his at you know, at his at the tail of his career. Steph, Clay, Draymond, those old guys. Draymond got a full patch of gray hair. So this <laughs> this has become an old rivalry. And we know what to expect, but now it's different because LeBron James is not as youthful who can carry this team for seven games if it goes to seven games. Now you need these younger guys and AD or uh, Rush, uh, Austin Reeves, you need these, these guys to to come off and 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 make a statement. Make a statement. They're gonna have to do what the Kings do: slap them in the mouth early and hang on for dear life. Because yeah. once they get in the once the Warriors get in the groove, and we see what Steph is still has a lot in the tank, and these guys are focused, it's, it's gonna be hard to beat them. <laughs> LeBron James cannot carry this game, carry this team for seven games. These guys are going to have to, AD is going to have to play good a front court and back court. Russ has to have the game he had. The, he He's going to have to be that every game. Game six. Yeah. What, what he did he's going to be like that every game. So all these guys going to have to step up. This is win or go home. And we're everybody saying who's listening, obviously, is win or go home, but no, it's win or go home because these guys are hungry. Warriors are hungry. They were down, they had to come back, they had to fight, they lost. We talked about this the case study, case study warriors. Case study warriors. And then they lost. I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, the last episode I was talking about case study warriors, then they lose. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to tag you, but I was like, nah, nah, nah. They're gonna win it. They're gonna they're gonna win it out. They're not gonna go to game seven. But I was like, so well, there goes the case study warriors. Yeah, case study warriors. But they're hungry, bro. Steph Curry smell blood in the water, and then this is the old rivalry. They know what to expect from each they other. They got pushed to I, the brink. They got pushed to the yes. brink and remember who they are. Now, yes. I, I, that's the that's the thing. They got pushed to the brink. Like that was that was the best chance for them to get knocked out. And now they're like, like they're really. They're, I think they're going to be locked in for this series. I think this is going to be a tough series. But yes, getting that extra that extra push from that Sacramento series and now coming back, I think I, I, it's going to be a different level. Just just especially when you look at the perimeter play, because the perimeter play was Steph Clay versus. You know Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. That's going to be a key matchup as well because yes. this is a perimeter type based team, and if they if they dominate from the perimeter, and LA has to kind of get more dominance in the in the paint because AD is going to be the best player, the best big man. That's going to yes. be the interesting contrast. And I, I'm interested to see what matchups are going to go with, especially when right. the, uh, LeBron sits and uh, AD sits. I wonder what the the lineup is going to be. Is AD going to play all? You know, all the minutes he's going to play 40 minutes, 39 minutes, he's going to play majority of it because he's going to have to be that because we've seen when he's out their their defense goes down. He's he's been the defensive presence in this last series. He's going to have to be that this series. So I'm wondering how they're going to play with the minutes and what matchups are going to go with who. And I think they match up well when it comes to uh, transition to basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both of them run really well. They're 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 always going and, and trying to finish in the transition, but turnovers is going to be a big one too. Can the Lakers? Lakers have a higher turnover rate than the Warriors. I'm some saying is it everything going to be precise? Are they going to slow it down? Are they going to really look at what they're doing instead of yeah. trying to keep pace with the Warriors? And that's it's hard to do. You can't play their see. game to beat them. Yeah, you got to so. play a different game. Mm-hmm. You, you still got Lakers to the finals, right? Lakers is still your pick for sure. Yeah, so so you everybody counted out. Everybody counted the Lakers out. So they're not gonna make a run. I'm telling you, bro. You're, you're LeBron on. is about to win one, another one. LeBron's about fifth, to win. Fifth would be crazy. Fifth yeah. ring. Yeah. And then I mean, because what a headline! Whoever's writing this, this would be like one just, of his the greatest highest run he's ever had. On it, maybe not the best. It would like, mean in terms of way how more. Start of the season. In terms of how yes. Especially you pass Kareem too. <laughs> yes. And you pass Kareem. Right. And this is just this is just a crazy season. So if you at the age of 38 get a championship ring. Man. That goat debate's gonna be. look a little different. That goat debate's gonna look a little different. <laughs> He's already the goat to me. I mean, right. it's a preference right. thing for yeah. a lot of people. A lot of people hate LeBron. I think LeBron's the goat, man. He's yeah. my goat. Yeah, man. He's yeah. my goat. Absolutely. Um, and not just interesting to say that to the Heat picking up game one versus the Knicks. Uh, Miami won 108 to 101 on the road. Jimmy Butler had tw- 25 points, 11 rebounds. Gabe Vincent also scored 20 
And the main downfall for, for the Knicks was going seven to 34 behind the arc, missing a chance to kind of, you know, break open the game early. Um, but to you looking at the, at this game um, and also just this series, you know, Jamie Butler, he's out for game two. Um, injuries have kind of plagued Miami's, Miami so far. Um, what stands out to you in this series and, and also, um, you know, what the Knicks kind of have to do to get back into it? Shoot better. And I know that's like, obviously, but if you're seven for 34 behind the arc, and that's what they live and breathe by, because you look at that lineup, there's no, Barrett has been underwhelming. Jalen Brussens, to me, has improved himself. They don't use Mitchell Robinson enough. Julius Randle is wishy-washy sometimes, and he was out. They could have used him probably yeah, behind the arc. Would have been beneficial. Wouldn't have been beneficial, but he hasn't been shooting really well, especially that Cavs series. He hasn't been shooting well. Mm-hmm. So it's they just need to shoot to shoot good. They're, I mean, the, their free throw percentage is good. They're playing decent defense. I think they they held uh Jimmy in in, in raps because Jimmy was averaging 37 points a game. He only had 25. Yeah, I mean, he had a very low a, game for him. <laughs> yeah, he had a slew of things that he's done in that game, yeah. but 25 points. I mean, that's good to hold him in a raps. But they just need to shoot better. That's that's the mo. Somebody has. To, I mean, Jalen had twenty five, and Barrett had twenty six. I mean, that's not that's not bad. But they're gonna have to shoot better. Shoot, 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 shoot better because your offense, your team is not set up to beat anybody if you're not shooting and making your uh, behind the arc percentages yeah. go. Yeah, that's that's their mo. That's how they stay alive. They shoot well behind the arc. Absolutely. Um, and after listening to the Sixers road win in Boston, uh, game one without Embiid, uh, who, uh, who actually was announced, uh, Joel Embiid, uh, won the MVP, uh, yeah. uh, today. And, and I think many people kind of felt as though like that he had the, the most dominant season, you know, he, he was the most available player out of the, the, the three candidates. Um, mm-hmm. and if Philly won 119 to 115, James Harden had 45, one of his, um, best playoff performances in, in recent memory. Tyrese Maxey also added 26 and Tobias Harris finished with, um, 18, uh, Harden from the jump led the attack early for Philly, Philly hitting his first uh, five attempts, including two threes. And, and this was an interesting game because Boston, they've been extremely potent offensively, but defensively they've had so many different breakdowns. So you, you look even back in that past Atlanta series and, and um, in game five, I, I believe it was game game five uh, when, when they could have closed it out, but blew a, 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 a Atlanta went on a 10-0 run and their defense yep. was not as, as solid as it usually is. Uh, what's it out to you in this game? Because, you know, they, they Philly was without their best player, but Harden had an, an exceptional performance. And Tyrese Maxey, you know, was that spark plug that Philly, you know, always needs. I think it's, I think this became a boxing match, to be honest with you, because the Celtics came out swinging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They came out swinging, but they endured that, that stretch of play when Celtics could not miss. Tatum could not miss. Everything was working for him. And I think Doc Rivers said, we we knew if we got to the fourth quarter, we were going to win. He said, I think this, from the difference from this team and last year's team, we got a bunch of street fighters. And I love the way that James Harden stepped up when it mattered the most. He was able to just fill in and be that James Harden he was with the Houston Rockets. No one went to pass it. No one went to slash. No one went to step back, dribble, dribble, whatever. He, he was just on. He just, it just felt like the old days now can he do that game two we shall see joe i think joel and b should be back uh, for game two so maybe the offense may be different but maybe they run it through james harness as he has the high hand from game one it's not broke don't fix it (laughs) mvp or not mvp i think you should go with that maxi played phenomenal because you needed that second guy because even we've seen him get those 45 points or 40 points, 30 some points, and they still lose. So you still need that extra play from a, from another teammate to kind of solidify and make sure if he misses. And then I think second chance points really helped the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in this game. Yeah. Just, just given the amount of shoot Celtics wasn't missing. So they're going to have to make sure they, they keep up with that. But I think that was the biggest takeaway with them enduring that, that, Furry of punches, furry of shots that Tatum could not miss and got to the fourth quarter, buckled down, and, and it won it by four. So, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a tough series. Oh. It really is. I mean, PJ Tucker, you, you look at what he does and and that and that extra um, that extra boost when it comes to, to 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 being a tougher team and them being the type, like you said, is not going to back down. If they got to that fourth quarter and it was close, they knew they were going to win it. Like, do you think the PJ Tucker addition was like one of like the most important ones for Philly? Because I really do feel as though 
this team, they were missing that, that like grit you needed in these like tight games. And now they kind of have that, like they, they, they have that, like that assurance of like, yeah, we, we have guys who are really going to be, who are really going to stick with it uh, uh, from, from the jump to the end and not really back down from, for any, from any adversity. Yeah, I think P.J. Tucker brings that great. We've we seen him cover a lot of big-name guys, especially when he was with uh, Toronto, with him right. you know, guarding uh, KD. He was guarding a couple other guys in those other series. In the 76, I think he was guarding uh, Tobias and James a little bit, too, in those series leading mm-hmm. up to uh, playing the Warriors. Right. But even though he didn't have any points this game, he had five <laughs> rebounds. But the pre- it's, it's it's more what you it's it's more than shooting and making buckets to be a great teammate. Him being that physical presence, him 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 sacrificing his body, doing these things because you only got six fouls and he utilizes all those fouls every <laughs> yeah, game. All of them. <laughs> he uses all of them. He's aggressive. He sets the tone. He's you he, most of the time he's not going to stop the guy, but he's going to give them enough. To, to, to get in his head a little bit, but I think it's just like having Draymond Green or uh, those type of those type of players who who contribute more than just scoring buckets. And I think PJ Tucker is that catalyst of of physical defense when they needed the most. And, it, and I think he showed up this game, even though he had any points. He had five rebounds, a lot of I think it was three offensive rebounds he had and two defensive rebounds. So that second chance points and giving them giving them that that the ump of the on the defensive side i think really helps them especially if you got a step back dribble dribble guy in uh <laughs> <laughs> mr harden <laughs> and james harden yeah absolutely um and now getting to to the nuggets uh, uh, taking a, a game two at home uh denver won 97 to 87 and, and nikola jokic had a dominant 39 point performance with 16 rebounds um the suns you know have also been outscored by, by 30 points from long range uh, this series and for for most of the game, like it looked, Phoenix was was playing extremely well. Um, they were leading it for for a lot of a, a, a lot of uh, um cer- you know certain stretches, but Denver they just find ways to to, to constantly score. That their team chemistry is and and just facilitating is always at a high, especially with with yes. uh, Murray and Jokic. Like they those two to me just just have an amazing chemistry and really know where the other is going to be at all times. Um, but what stood out to you, you know, in this game and and what Phoenix has to do to get back in the series? You know, it's a couple of things. Uh, you know, I watched this game from from beginning to end. There's two things that stood out to me. KD having a terrible shooting night from beyond the arc. He was terrible. He just couldn't find a rhythm behind it. He was just terrible. It wasn't like they were playing great defense on him, but he was just he just wasn't hitting. He wasn't on. Devin Booker was definitely on. And the second thing I took from it, Aiden. When they when they do the switch and cutting, aiding is not helping because there's a bunch of passes that Jokic dropped right right in front of the rim. Yeah, right, Aiden could have did something, backed up a little bit. I know you're trying to compensate for a shooting. Jokic is going to get he's he's a facilitator first. He's going to shoot when he has to, but he's a facilitator first. Take that facilitation from him. Make him shoot. If he doesn't, if he gets his points and everybody else is not it's not warmed up, they're going to lose. Aiden needs to step up and be better on the defense. The 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 the, the last series, it was like, oh, he was embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. And in game one, he was embarrassed. Yeah, step it up. Jokic is going to get his points. We know that. Jokic yeah, is Jokic. Know that by now. But he has to be better with the slashing and being aware of what's behind him. Because I've literally ran Jokic is at the top of the key, throw it right in front of the bread basket. They lay it up or they they dish it out. Knock it down. And then another takeaway from the, the Nuggets is was Murray wasn't on either. Mm-mm. Murray he was, was not, not on. He yeah, he had a he had a uh, slump. Yeah. Yeah, he he he, he like he was struggling like because that's the thing. The game one, Murray was looking like bubble Murray, as people were saying. <laughs> like they were saying like Murray 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 from the bubble who who was just like having 50, 50 point performances yeah. against Utah. But that was non. That was not the case in game two. Like Jokic mm-hmm. really had to do carry the load for scoring. Yes, and he did that exceptionally well. I think Jokic, whatever Jokic needs to do for a game, if he needs to be the assist guy, he'll be the assist guy. If he needs to score, he's like, okay, I'm going to dominate scoring. And he knew this game, he had to be the dominant scorer. And it was like so. He had 60 points like that. I'm like, bro, he's not doing nothing really. No. And he has like 16 points already. <laughs> So it's like his pace is like 
it's like Luca's pace. He's like, even like the widest scorer. He's like, the yeah, <laughs> even it's like little twist, you know, back down and shoulder, little dream shake. He's not even a dream shake. It's literally an ice cream shake because <laughs> like it's cold. <laughs> Bro, it's so slow. And it, it works. His fadeaway it works. works. It is crazy. But his facilitation in this game was, I think, was the catalyst. Because for a stretch when he was out, they were making buckets. And definitely the uh, the Suns weren't making buckets either, especially when Booker went out. So, And then now right. you have game three coming up without Chris Paul. We don't know because he went out with a groin injury. Right. So we don't know if he's going to be there. And I think that was a difference maker, too, because when he was hitting, he started hitting his shots. And they weren't – and this is a crazy thing. They weren't down by much. They weren't. They were not down by much. So if they just change that, Aiden has to change his defensive presence, has to be aware, head on the swivel, let Jokic get his shots, just make sure these guys don't get to the rim, make sure they're not slashing, just he's going to – He's going to get 30, 40 points, and he has 16 rebounds. But I do say this, Aiden did better on the offensive rebounds mm-hmm. from, 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 for the first three quarters, and then Westcom took off, getting second-chance points for the Nuggets. So those things have to change, and I think it starts with Aiden for sure, and then Chris Paul, and then they're going to have to compensate with Chris Paul because Payne is not it. I just hate how he shoots. I oh, man, how- I cannot oh, stand man. how he shoots. <laughs> uh, give up the ball, please, bro. Please, man. This ain't your team. He acts like it's his team sometimes, and I'm like, man. Bro, especially – KD was right beside him, and he pulled up for the three, understanding the clock was going down. But that's not your shot, brother. It's my time. My time is <laughs> That boy was one for, I think, one for six from the field. <laughs> Give up the ball. Give up the ball. <laughs> um, and, and now transitioning to, to the NFL with, with some NFL draft takeaways. Uh, the, the, and for me, like the resurgence of running backs is one because, you know, two were taken in the first round of the draft. Yeah. Uh, Texas, uh, uh, John Robinson, also Alabama's uh, Jameer Gibbs. And, you know, these two are the most talent are, are, are two of the most talented running backs in, into the draft since um, Saquon Barkley in 2018. But uh, what were some main takeaways or, or maybe a, a couple standout players uh, for you from this draft? I was uh, hmm, I was thrown off by Colts getting Anthony Richardson. Not saying they should have got Will Levis either. I'm I'm not a big fan of Will Levis who got yeah, beat out for the starting that. job. At, you know, and then he had a lot of <laughs> interceptions. Yeah, he he had some 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 bright spots, but to no, he definitely should have went second and third round like he did. But I think the the biggest takeaway I got from this was um, C.J. Stroud going to the Texans. I think he can he can come in and make an immediate impact because I won't call him a robot, but he goes he plays things to the T. It's not yeah. more, most of the time he's going to. Adjust. He can adjust at the line and read the defense, but most mm-hmm. of the time he's not going to steer away from the plan. If the play is that like, play, he's going to do that play. He's not going to. He's not going to extend it most times. But he has a cannon. He's accurate on most of his deep ball throws. He's more accurate medium and lower. But I think he will be a good quarterback situation for the Houston Texans coming from game one, even the preseason. I think he's he's going to be the obviously going to be the starter. He was picked second round, but then uh, Will Anderson. I'm oh that defense with D'Amico Ryan's at the helms of head coach and that just that defensive mindset they're gonna bring. I think he's gonna be crazy. I think he's gonna have the yeah. impact of the guy, uh, the defensive lineman that went to Dallas. Everybody's talking about uh, forgot his name. What's his name? This is why we should. I should know this. I should know <laughs> this. Everybody's talking about it. He can move around. Oh my gosh. Number, oh my gosh, Dallas Cowboys. And well, it's in normally. Yeah, yeah usually I'm. I'm, I'm... <laughs> That's why we have this. That's why we live. It's okay. It's okay. It's good, guys. You can see the imperfections. You can see the imperfections. Uh, <laughs> we're the struggle. <laughs> uh, wow. Why is his name? Micah Parsons. Michael Parsons. How did I let that slip up? I was literally. <laughs> I think he's going to have the impact of Michael Parsons had, has had 
I think he's that type of caliber defensive uh, guy because you can move him around. You can stand him up. He's good in coverage. He's an excellent uh, pass rusher. He's going to be tenacious in the run defense. You can put him in any style defense, 3-4, 4-3, bear. It doesn't matter what type of defense you're in. And Michael Ryans is a defensive-minded guy. We've seen what he's he's done as a player and as a coach, as a defensive coordinator. So I'm looking forward to him being – really well. And then what I was talking about with uh, Robinson, who got picked by the Atlanta Falcons, I think he brings that Devontae Freeman style, what they're used to. Because Devontae Freeman was there to run it back during when they went to the Super Bowl. And he, right. he was a difference maker um, in the past game, rushing game. He was a slasher. Because, you know, Kyle Shanahan was the OC. So he loves that. And I don't know if they're going to implement that same offense, but I think he could be that same impact as Devontae Freeman. And, you know, the Philadelphia Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as they were calling them. <laughs> Man, I can't wait to see what Jalen Carter does. Yeah. Can't, and then Fletcher Cox has came back, so he's going to be able to mentor him a little bit. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm eager to see what that's going to be like. Definitely. Um, and that's interesting to, to, to Jalen Hurts, a massive contract extension, and, and, and Lamar Jackson's as well, because, you know, uh, last week I heard signed one of the richest deals in NFL history a five-year, $255 million extension with the Eagles, including $179.3 million guaranteed. And also Lamar Jackson agreed to a five-year, $260 million extension uh, this past Thursday, just hours before the NFL draft. Um, but what are your thoughts on, you know, both of these young quarter, uh, young black quarterbacks having, you know, lucrative contracts? You know, we knew with Lamar Jackson, um, the contract extension talks, that was like the biggest pressing question for him in the offseason, um, even, even this past year about, him being him being satisfied and not satisfied with the organization's decision making. Uh, what's it? What you know? What are your thoughts on on this these contract extensions for both and you know these guys kind of being the pillars of, of their uh, of their respective franchises? I'm rooted for everybody that's black. I'm on that tip. But man, what a awesome opportunity and recognition for both of these quarterbacks, not just being a black quarterback. And I think obviously you have to highlight that because black quarterbacks don't get these type of contracts and Patrick Mahomes kind of paved the way for this to happen. Mike. Yeah. Mike Vick never had the huge, huge contract being the number one highest plate player or Cunningham or, or Donovan McNabb. He had a big contract, but he wasn't the highest paid quarterback. So to be able to have these opportunities for these black quarterbacks to do so, man, what it up, what, what, a, what opportunity, what, what recognition they have, but just to talk about Jalen hurts, bro. He's going to be, he just gets better every single year. He's worth every penny that he's got. They just yeah. went to the super bowl, just missed it by a little bit, but Philadelphia Eagles has became this organization that is fixing fast. That's true. They're fixing so fast. I think I forgot what game. I think it was the Titans game, and they got ran over in the running game. They went out and got a Dominican suit. They got another defensive lineman to fix that problem. So now they got two other dogs. They got some young guys, Jalen Carter, and all these guys who played together, have that chemistry. So now they trust each other. So it's just they're how they're moving is so great for organization. And you tr- and now your players are trusting you as an organization to make these moves to make us better and find the money to make us better. But Jalen Hurts is going to be a top two quarterback for years to come. He just gets better every year. And his leadership, oh my gosh. I think that's what I like most about him. Yeah, his, top, check, his top ability. <laughs> yeah, he checks boxes, but his leadership and how he leads his team, and now they're trusting him to open the playbook, and now he's, bro, he's just, he's just, he's a dog. And Lamar Jackson, he's going to, it's going to be a huge, huge target on his back if he doesn't succeed the way he has, you know what I mean? If he, if he got, he got right. the big contract, which I think he deserved, yeah. but now it's because his style of play doesn't merit this big contract because, Oh, he's hurt. He's been hurt for the past couple of years or he's not, his, his play is not going to be staying in the NFL, bro. Run pass option. And in option in itself has been around for almost what, 2012, 10 mm-hmm. plus, 10, you know, nine years, yeah. but it's going, you know, 10 plus years. So it's going to be around. It started with RG3, to be honest, or technically it started with Cam Newton. 
So it's been over for 10 plus years because they use the RPO in the option for Cam Newman first coming out of Auburn. Right. So that's just to negate that right there, that his style of play is not going to be around for long. But then his, his, the target on his back is going to be so huge if he doesn't uh, take this team to the playoffs again or win a Super Bowl mm-hmm. in the next three years. It's going to be like, oh, he's a bust and all They're this stuff. He doesn't deserve this. this. Going back in the contract. <laughs> how many quarterbacks, and I don't want to say, yeah, how many white quarterbacks have gotten these big contracts and has not done anything? And I'll name three for you. Sam Darnold. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Probably Joe. <laughs> yes, bro. He got that after they, bro, he didn't do much in these West Call. He had incredible wide receivers. That's what I'm that saying. He, just, he was set up with just so, so many good assets on his team. And it just like, it propelled him over. <laughs> they did the thing about in that one Baltimore, that one Baltimore Super Bowl run when he like, had like uh, I think thirteen touchdowns, zero interceptions. They're like, oh, he's he's on a Joe Montana like run. I'm like, he is <laughs> okay, buddy. All right, <laughs> slow down. down. <laughs> I was bro, like, he is not at that level. Like nowhere near that stratosphere. And has not even seen the light of day of that ever <laughs> since, bro. Craziness. But then you look at Daniel Jones is another one I might mention who hasn't did anything playoff-wise, who hasn't had the big numbers, but he gets the extended big contract from the New York Giants. Did it, his, his performance didn't even merit an extension. Mm-hmm. But those those the type of players who get opportunities, and he doesn't have a big target. I think Daniel Jones is a terrible quarterback. Game, and they drafted him that game. high. Yeah, at Duke, after one year? <laughs> That blew my mind. I'm like, I do. This is one time I agree with Baker Mayfield, bro. Daniel Jones is a like, why did y'all draft him? And y'all will see, he's not that type of quarterback to win your Super Bowl. He's not Eli. He's not even remotely close to Eli. Him being a game manager is cool, but after a time, you need a guy who's going to make big plays for you. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Jones is not that guy. We've seen that the past couple of years. If that running game is not working. Daniel Jones, his numbers is not going to be high. If you have to give him 40, if you give him 40 passes, he's going to complete probably 20 of those. If you give yeah. him 50, it's going to be like 16, 17. His, his passing yard is going to be like 194 or 200. We've seen that last year. Right. I think his season high last year was like two something. And you give him the big contract. So it's what I'm saying. I don't want to make it a race thing, but black quarterbacks have bigger, tar- bigger targets on their back to be more successful than their counterparts. So mm-hmm. I'm saying. Definitely. Um, <laughs> I got to add the fist in there. <laughs> 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 um, and now she's to our first album review with Jack Harlow's uh, Jack Man. Uh, in his new third album, uh, this one kind of aimed for, for clarity with soft, ex- expansive beats and and storytelling, uh, this project had, had no features, and it was only uh, uh, ten tracks a, a, as well. And this, was, I wasn't even expecting <laughs> a new Jack Harlow album after the "Come Home, the Kids Miss You." I think that one point nine rating <laughs> that Fishburne gave him was, was was motivation to be like, "Oh man, let me just come back with something new, so, so, something something brand new." <laughs> but <laughs> the cover art, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and talk about it, <laughs> bro. First of all, where are you? <laughs> Second of all, why is your shirt off? Third of all, bro, you look like the most Jewish person I've ever seen who just had their bar mitzvah. <laughs> that was at a community center in the hood. <laughs> One of the worst cover arts instantly of all time. Miles and Tom. Hey man, what is going on, brother? This album was so trash again. Bro, what is going on? I'm not a fan of Jake Harlow. He's a one hit wonder to me. That's yeah, he he's is. a one hit wonder to me. Both are popping. And then they're not in. And the remix was better than the original song. That's when you that's it tells you something. That tells you something. I don't know, bro. I like his work ethic, but it just doesn't translate to me. But he has a following. Don't get me wrong. But it just doesn't translate to me when it comes to albums. Yeah, this was 
<laughs> I think I'm looking at. I can't even look at the camera. <laughs> it's like that's what you come back with. <laughs> uh, gang, 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 gang. Okay. All right, buddy. No, that I'm. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that because there are certain artists who should do storytelling. Like, look at Kendrick's Auntie Diaries. People, speak, you know, people look at that like like when an artist has like the maturity and has been has the wherewithal to like do songs like that and cover it. Mm-hmm. I never want to hear storytelling Jack Harlow song again. <laughs> never, never, ever. Approach a subject like that again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, never, please, please never do that again because there are certain artists who can handle that subject and others who can't. Like, the the aim for what he was doing, like rapping over soul beats and things like that, I I, I feel I I can see what he was trying to do in terms of have a a more centered rap project because Come Home the Kids Miss You, that was more so like pop hits and, and. and different hits that 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 just worked for the mainstream. I think this one he wanted to come with something that was just like, you know, more gritty and just more lyrical, but it still doesn't work because he just doesn't he's he always sounds like he's like an imitation of somebody else. Like every time I yeah, every time I hear him I'm just like you're just trying to you're, you're really just trying to copy Drake. That's what you're trying to do. And it's just, it's just not working. <laughs> Even though I got the same low key background, bro. Yeah, that, that is true. <sighs> And but Drake, I, and but like, Drake would, but Drake would kill an album with, with ten, with ten soul beats. He would, like he, oh, he would make it sound too much better. The the talent is it's not even, it's not even, yeah. yeah, they're in different stratospheres, bro. And, and it's not because in viewers, it will, 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 it's not because he's a white rapper. Not saying that. I think Eminem is one think of the most. About Mac Miller, Mac Miller is Mac Miller, bro. He we love Mac. Just, we, we talk about we reviewed old Mac Miller albums in the past. So we love his music. So versatile. Oh my gosh. His his concepts, his concepts, his way of thinking, just true artists. He was yeah, he's anywho, we're talking about Jay Carla because we can go a whole episode of talking about, about Mac Miller recipes. Mac Miller. Uh but Jake Harlow is yo, bro, like you are an imitation. You don't have your own sound. You sound yeah, it's just it is and I understand you're trying to like give us something to like to relate to. But that's not your lane. You started as I think, and I think popping was more pop than hip hop. To be honest with you, like it was pop rap. Oh, the last album? No, 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 no. His his hit song. Oh, yeah, (laughs) it's just like bro. Like this is not your lane to give us gritty. Like you're not that. You're not a gritty person, bro. Yeah, I look at you and I feel safe. Like, bro, what are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing? You throw a punch, I'm like, bro, quickly, quickly. Why are you kidding me? Like that's what I don't like. You, you you're embrace safe, your bro. image. You gotta embrace your image. Whatever your image is, that's what works better. Like yeah. I feel as though when artists, when artists just stick to like, okay, this is what you expect from this artist. This is what you expect. Like, like when you have a future album, you expect toxicity. <laughs> like you, you, you expect that he's not gonna go. He's not gonna do like I'm gonna give you this conscious album. <laughs> no, like he's ne- nobody wants to hear that from Future. He sticks with what he knows. Absolutely not. <laughs> and okay, and then I'll we give Drake a pass when he's trying to get gritty and be all that. I mean, he we give Mom him time. a pass because <laughs> he do got montage for sure, <laughs> but we give him a pass. Because he has such a great nuisance of other styles of music that he's yeah, really he good at. Yeah, he can just crossover so well. Yeah, and we'd be like, all right, we'll give him a pass. Drake, cool. He cool. He'd be wanting to be, like, you know, thuggish. But he's another one I'm looking like, bro, quit playing Drake. Bro, quit playing Draco's and a Draco ain't talking about me. Bro, you ain't holding good. You got shot of good. Shut up. So it's just like he had, he gives us more and we give him a pass on the, the, the more gritty hood stuff. All right, mm-hmm. bro. Okay, Drake. <laughs> the Canadians coming at you, eh? <laughs> the man said, "Hey, <laughs> you know I'm from Canada, eh?" <laughs> but but and and another thing, people were were kind of. It's just it's just a really fascinating the the lack of the last thing I want to get to the lack of promotion. There are certain artists who can put out an album with no promotion. That's another thing. He's doing things that a listers do. You can't you yeah. can't just say announce that two days before and think it's gonna like pop no. off. Like what 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 were your thoughts on that as well? Because I feel as though certain artists 
they can they've earned that status. But yeah. he's nowhere near near be to be able to do that. And I think people are trying to take from the blueprint of J. Cole. You know, J. Cole dropped albums without no singles. Now it's two weeks but, before. Yeah, but J. Cole will bring a documentary yeah. with it. Give you a story. He'll give you something leading up to it. So it's still not him like dropping it, but without any like notice, but he'll give you something to like, okay, this is the meaning behind this. I don't know if I would have still watched it if Jake Harlow dropped the documentary of this, but mm. if you're not an A-list, and most A-listers don't do that. They know in the music game is so saturated. It's not smart. Yeah. You need some type of marketing. If it's going to be a documentary, cool. If it's going to be a single, cool. But you just can't drop a project and expect your fan base to be like, wake up. Like, I remember this. Drake did this one time, and it worked out for him because he's Drake. When he dropped, if you're reading this, it's too late. He dropped that at the weirdest time. Oh, yeah. He dropped it at the weirdest time. He dropped it like, like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was, I was woke up. I was like, oh, crap, he dropped. And I listened to it on the way to work. Bro, you don't have that clout, bro. You don't have that wave to be able to do that. Drake and, stops the world when he, did, when he does that. Yeah, and he didn't expect that to go crazy. He didn't expect, if you're reading this, it's too late to go crazy. So even with that effect, you still have some some negative I did negative it. side to it. Yeah. <laughs> when I look at when I re-listen to that, I'm like, bro, you you realize what you just put out. <laughs> What's that, going on? That that shut down the whole world for like a, <laughs> an entire year. <laughs> no, it did, bro. Jake, yeah. you're not Jack, Jake, Jark, whatever your name is, Jake Harlow. <laughs> you're not on that. Uh, you're not on that level just shit, bro. And I don't know what he needs. Yeah, that's another thing I was gonna ask. Like, like what would you? Where should he? Where should he go from here? Because it, it, he had the Grammy nominated album uh, last year that didn't get. Uh, uh, it, it didn't get the, the reception I think he wanted from it. And then with this one, he kind of goes tries to go to a different route. But it it really feels like he's still trying to figure out what his identity, his true identity is. Go back to songs like you did for Popper, and like you did before Popper. We don't need go projects back to right college, yeah. college stuff, college yeah. songs. That's your, that's your, that's your. Stay there. Don't do this. <sighs> Why is this man shirt off? <laughs> I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of this. Why are you looking like that? Yeah, that's another thing, <laughs> bro. Why are you looking like that, bro? <laughs> Come home, the kids miss you. Then the next album, he shirtless. <laughs> he, 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 he didn't come back home. He didn't come back home. <laughs> He's homeless. <laughs> That's insane, bro. <laughs> I digress. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cover arts matter, listeners. Cover arts matter. <laughs> yes, dude. I'm not about to listen to someone with a dude shirt off. Like, bro, you got to be Lil Wayne or somebody. That. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be Lil Wayne or somebody, bro. Who who's been in the game for years? That would be yeah. like, all right, bro. I give you a pass, bro. You wheezy, nah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but now transitioning to our next album review with Baby Roses through and through. Um, in her new project and sophomore for album, Rose said, "Quote: Her new album means everything to her. Through and through shows different sides of me, pieces to make up a whole." End quote. And you know, she comes with soul intensity and sounds uh, and thoughts that that hang in the air, but. uh what were your thoughts on this, you know, sophomore album album from her and and you know what's it out the most? Oh man, this was different from the time you put on Go. And it's just like her voice is so distinguished. It has yes. that deep side to it that she can get to. It sort of can reminds me of, and I'm not a big fan of Side A. And I know my 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 daddy went crazy on me and my parents were like, you don't like Side A? I'm like, bro, I don't think Sade's music is good. Wow. Like, oh, that, you know? And I'm not a real fan of Sade, bro. I don't I don't see it. But it reminds me of Sade because Sade could get down to that deep, bear, that tenor, stite, whatever, and then, and then she can switch it up too. And then she was rapping a little bit in this. And that one with Smino on it. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that beat go crazy. That beat goes crazy. And Smino was, fit perfectly. And yes. perfectly on it. He just just and just got snug. But, um, <laughs> nah, this was this was this was her joy. This was a, a good project. Yeah, it definitely showed different sides of her, her versatility, mm-hmm. and finding different ways to utilize her voice. 
and because gold, you be like, dang, why she sound like a dude? But it 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 is it's it's so it fits so well and it right. brings that it gets you prepared for what you're about to listen to. You're not just about to listen to a monotone, same octave singing or rapping or whatever. I'm about to switch it up and I'm gonna start with this and then I'm gonna take you here. So she took me different parts, different places, and then I, I like that. I like that she 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 was versatile and she took me different places. So my ears won't get used to her sounding like this or saying this. It, it gave me some versatility in my ears, kind of liked it. No, but no, I thought this was solid. Yeah, Definitely absolutely. Solid. And, and, and in an article, um, in an interview she did with New York Times, um, uh, last week, she even said like. She wants to take from different genres, like from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Like, can you kind of tell that she, like, listens to, like, older artists and, like, older genres and tries to take back from the past, but also tries to stay relevant in the current? I'm pretty sure she listens to Sade. Yeah. I'm pretty That's sure. I was, yeah, when I, heard, when I saw that, I was like, she definitely listens to Sade. Yeah, because just that different, because, like I said, she'll go to that, and then she'll, like, go to different different places and different octaves. But yeah, I definitely think she 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 takes from, uh, from different different era, eras of music, and as well as I feel like she has her own sound within that. Right, you can take yeah. you can take from different eras, but you still nobody sounds like her. I don't hear anybody sounding like her. So, mm-hmm. I think, but she definitely probably listened to Sade. That's the first thing I heard oh, when I heard sure. this. I'm like, oh, she sounds like Sade, and yeah. she's doing yeah. But it's in her own right, in her own field, in her like own she, way. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, it was eleven songs. Can't believe that. that. Love that. <laughs> gotcha. Like that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and now transitioning to, to our next review with Hit Boy Surfer Drown. Um, and this album from, from this past March, Hit Boy's debut. Um, it, it kind of cements his ability as a performer and producer. Uh, his unique sound it, it expands from boom bap to to, to more uh, mo- modern uh, type beats. Um. What's it out to the most of you in this project and also some of the collaborators that obviously he starts off the best way you can picking, having Nas, obviously him and Nas have, have collaborated so many times with the Kings. Of so the many times. <laughs> but uh, what, uh, what collaborators um, do you think worked, worked the well, worked the best on this project and, and, you know, uh, some of your takeaways from it. The one of the most slept on artists for sure. Um, Dom Kennedy and uh, Currency. Yes. They're, they're so slept on, so underrated, especially Currency. Currency and has Currency, been so Currency and Jermaine, Dupri, and Jermaine Dupri have a new project that we got to review because they just dropped a, a seven-song EP. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to go listen to that, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, Currency has been so consistent. And I feel like he's still underground, but he's not underground. Like, he, he deserves so much more. He's been so consistent. He has that that South feel. Like, yes. uh, Big Crit. And all those guys that South feel, um, but I guess it's a, 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 a an acquired taste of music. The South music <laughs> I, it reminds me of Outkast because Outkast did the same thing. So I guess it's it's your, your palate, your palate, and your listening here has to be different. But no, Dom Kennedy for sure, Currency, and I love that they were spackled throughout the uh, throughout the album. Um, the one that that caught me off was with uh, with James and uh, James. The MTR one, cause he's he don't put out oh, his Fox own Roy? music. Yeah, he don't put out his yeah, own I'm, music. I'm upset at that. I'm upset. Cause he's yeah. been on a bunch of like DJ Mustard's uh project, Hit Boy. He be like he's just everywhere. He was with, working with Drake at one point, but he never puts out his own music. Give us and his own voice, project, man. Yes, bro, his <laughs> voice is so amazing. So, but now he had a he had a bunch of other guys, but yeah, Dom Kennedy, and then. Dom Kennedy and then was spackled throughout. And I love that he had the instrumentals at the end as you can freestyle too. And I love the Alchemist track too. The Alchemist yeah, track. Yeah, I that, mean that was, that was, yeah. We, we, yeah, said, we I, talk about the Alchemist too. Like we're starting to we're starting to get some I'm starting to get some some feedback, man. Y'all talk about the Alchemist every episode. <laughs> bro, Alchemist is the guy, bro. He's the guy though. Like, like who else can we talk about? <laughs> he's like, bro, he's like Jay Dilla. Like I don't understand how they get these things or be so creative with just like listening to one thing and then just make an entire production around that one thing. Like Jay Dilla did is so crazy. Jay Dilla top five. If you don't have Jay Dilla in your top five of greatest producers, something is wrong. Bro, I listened, I listened to, I was on Instagram probably a month ago 
they had all the stuff that he did like a little part one, part two of all the he sampled. And I'm just listening to him like, bro, he got that from that? Mm. And it don't even sound like it. And I'm like, what? He had something from like the discos or something. And he like simple, just a, like a little part at the end of the hook. And he made it into a crazy beat. And I'm like, bro, I wish, I wish I had that type of talent. I don't. Jay, Alchemist is just like that. His ability to find new ways to produce and find different melodies within just one thing. It could be a... And he can make a oh, beat. Oh, he would make that go crazy. <laughs> yeah, bro. So it's just like, bro, you have to talk, give people their flowers because nobody talks about the Alchemist enough. And he's a pretty funny, wired guy. Yo, like him so being with uh, uh, Action Bronson in him, it just be funny. Yeah, definitely. Um, and after that, to our next <laughs> review with Coco O's uh, Many Ways review. Um, in this new single, one that follows a bit of, of an hiatus since her 20, 2021 album, It's a Process. Um, this track has a laid back feel to it and has a bounce uh, uh, to it, uh, along with a simple bass line and the hum of, of synth uh, piano chords. Uh, what were your thoughts on this single and, and you, you know what she was trying to convey in this in this in the song? We've covered her before, right? Yeah, her twenty twenty one album. It's a process. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. We covered her before. Um, I can't remember what I said about that album, but this was. Let me ask, well before I say anything. Do you think this was a single song? It's more of an album, more of an album type. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna sound sure. amazing with the album. Yeah, this was like okay, it was cool. It was I right, all right, cool. Like she put, you know, she might put a little seasoning on her food, but uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Coco, we love you. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry, Coco. But um, not it was straight. I didn't think it was a, a single song. I thought it was it needed something else to kind of bring it to to its entirety and and bring it out a little more and to bring some context. I feel like she's an album artist, though. I feel like she's she's she just it's you're gonna be wowed by her albums compared to her singles. I think, yeah, and she just and and I'm not. It's not a bad thing, but I just think certain artists they're just not built for like just the singles. I was just about to say that, like some artists are not singles. They're not Mm -hmm. single artists. They they don't need. They're gonna drop. And when you have artists like that, you gotta drop a music video. You gotta drop a visual or something. To kind of because you drop you drop this I mean this doesn't get saved or played multiple times right it's you don't keep going back to it yeah this yeah. is a song you let play through with other songs to kind of like bridge the gap like okay that was cool let's all right go to the next one but yeah this definitely wasn't a single song and I bro we have do we have to uh patent this because I don't think anybody else says if it's an album song or a single song in their podcast. Nobody else does. Nobody else. Nobody does else that. do it full scope. Nobody else. Nobody in full scope. Yeah, full scope, baby. <laughs> Come on, <now. laughs> she did do like a live, like just run through of her album. It's a process. Like it was like a live set after she dropped Ooh. it. I don't know that, and I feel like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go That's look at dope. that because I feel like that's probably. What she what she fits into like yeah. just like let me do a live feel of my album take you through it almost I feel like she would sound great on a tiny desk you know how they do like the tiny desk concert mm-hmm. something like that you know what I mean excellent like, idea you should be her manager bro <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I'm- an excellent idea because <laughs> we talked about this before in a podcast some artists are amazing live or their album sounds amazing live mm-hmm. so her being on a tiny desk they got everybody doing tiny they had Trina doing the tiny this the other day and i'm like hmm, why is she being man um people who like it's cool to have rappers on there but it's it should be mostly for singers i think so. it's, if, it's built for singers yeah if you have trina over there talking about i ain't worried about name i'm like bro what <laughs> what are we doing here like like having like when Usher did it, when Usher did it, oh my god, amazing! Miguel did it, bro. amazing. Yes. Um, Summer Walker was even straight. Um, her SZA was amazing. SZA hasn't did it yet. I think that'll That's be a good one. one, and that'll show her she can really sing. SZA can really sing. It's just not auto tune. So that'll so show. Like, she, she's so hesitant of like doing public stuff. She's like, I don't want to go out. <laughs> she, she doesn't really yeah. like going out. <laughs> if Summer Walker can do it, baby girl. You, you I know SZA can do it. <laughs> Summer Walker is a walking emo. Like, the girl is weird, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, and now get into our last review with Nas Ilmatic, a throwback one. Um, this project from 1994, you know, cemented Nas into the you know elite group of MCs. The sharp articulation and finely detailed lyrics really um, coincided perfectly with um, Nas' no nonsense urban tales. But this is deemed by many, you know, obviously like this is one of by many to to, to, to be considered one of the greatest hip hop albums um, in the 90s and just overall that we've ever had. And and it, it is considered to be the peak album from Nas that, that we've seen. Obviously, he's recently, he's went on another run with the King's Disease series, but this is kind of like deemed his like, you know, magnum opus. But to you looking back at this project and what it did, you know, it's it's another time capsule project, you know, in that in that spring summertime for, for New York that just really just, it was the anthem, it was the anthem soundtrack. You know, it was the anthem for for everybody, you know, in the East Coast. Uh what did you? What do you think about it, to, even to this day, and just you know what it meant, bro? This was like a, such a foolproof album. Like they had no leaking holes. The 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 songs went together. It flowed well. The lyricism was there. The bars were there. It was. Uh, it's it's a foolproof album. It's it's near perfect. And I won't give any album uh, perfection, but this was definitely near perfect because it's it's always it's 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 not unheard of, but it's rare that even an artist himself or herself say, I thought this album was perfect. I wouldn't change nothing about it. Even Drake, really? I think, I thought Wishcom was was super perfect. Uh, nothing was the same, but he was like, man, um, it was certain things I would change about it, like how I said things or what this went. Like, so it's, I won't give him a project nothing perfect but this was near perfect for sure it had no holes it in it it flowed well nice precise of songs and, and yeah it was just it's just a staple like that's that's new york that's nas is just nas is just nas bro he's just he's just talented it's just one of those guys the voice the cadence the, the you know bars, what i mean like lyricism it's so like when you can say like uh an album is literally like this location or like, Oh, this is East coast. This is West coast. Like it's, it's for that. It's, it's, it's for that area. That's like a rare achievement to pull off. Like, are, are there like, like when an artist is able to do that, like what kind of mindset do you think Nas was in? Like, obviously, you know, we don't know specifically everything that he was thinking about, but like, mm -hmm. do you think it was one of those albums where he was like, I'm just going to put out something. I have to put out something concise to like really show what I can do or, I'm going to make something that's really for New York and, and my area that can just, you know, be replayed years and years and years from now. It's a mixture of both. He just the season or the, the state he was in because he was beefing. So when you beef right. with somebody and you're competitive, that's going to bring it's going to bring something on to you that that you didn't didn't know was there or that you just that had untouched because he had ether on here and ether is still one of the, the one of the greatest dish records ever in hip hop it was so well polished so well thought out it was just yeah it was just again near perfect it's it's man when you drop a diss track it's a lot of things that could go wrong it's a lot of things yeah. it's, it's 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 only so many things you could say but with ether bro he just he just laid it out like a blueprint no pun intended come on well i'm on it <laughs> oh man that was Jay -Z. that was different that was different Come on now, you gotta gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. <Man. laughs> uh, <laughs> but he was in a different state of mind, man. It was it was crazy. He was like, in an empire was in a state of mind. <laughs> I'm mean, just coming out of you, bro. It just cut out of me, man. I need a microphone. Oh, right here. Um, but nah, he was just in a, in a, in a, in a groove, bro. And I yep. think that was ignited and we got a great project out of it because it is beef, because it's competitiveness. We got a great project out of it. Still today, man, Ether is still considered one of the greatest freaking diss tracks ever. <laughs> and that was literally eons ago, bro. That was 01. That's that was crazy. that was that was this is back then like it just wasn't one of those like throwaways it it, it meant something it meant something yes. back then <laughs> if you did a diss track you had to come now everybody do a diss track it's just whatever bro like all right bro why do you even do this this is a regular song <laughs> what are we doing here what was the last like great diss track we've had like recently 
Whoa, that's a good question. And everything went back to Drake. I, <laughs> I keep thinking about W Freestyle. <laughs> Cause don't get me wrong, Westconf uh diss track was nice too though. Um Push your T's. Push your oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, push your T's diss track yeah, wasn't yeah, it was it was nice. It was well thought out. Well, well it was definitely lyrical. But other than that, even with the meat mill thing, it was it was still Drake. Like there hasn't been like a big time diss where it was just like, okay, them them going back and forth. And this is but it hasn't been since Drake them, to be honest with you. It's funny because like um about a year ago, Joe Budden said the la- the last beef and rap we haven't seen yet is Drake and Kendrick. That's like the last rap beef like we so haven't seen subtle. probably we'll, we'll never we'll never no. see because those guys are too subtle they're never gonna like directly say it they're just yeah they're gonna throw like subtle jabs but they're not gonna like directly go at it because I think Kendrick will win I think so too Kendrick is I think Kendrick is more lyrical than Drake and Drake have bars but I think obviously when you set bars aside. Kendrick is he will paint you a picture. Look at his look at the stuff he He's said. He's gonna do it in an artistic the, way that's gonna be like, yes, man, bro. I can't do that. <laughs> Cause he did it in the, the cipher. Yeah. Like and it went over people's head. I'm like, bro, he just he just he just bodied Drake without even bodying Drake. Yeah. That's crazy. But I think Kendrick will win. And I think that's why Drake has it. Drake will do like subtle jabs here and there. But he's kind of done you. all the beefs. He's kind of done all the beefs that he yeah. has. That. He doesn't. I don't think he really wants to get back into that. And I don't think Kendrick's that type of guy to just to put out a beef, just a beef song like a diss track right. for a rapper. It's got to be for an album. Well, he did it for Jake. Uh, he did it at uh, Jay Z. The song that, for Beyonce. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that song is so funny, bro. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Man. Man. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our review of White Men Can't Jump. 